Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jo Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hey everyone, and welcome to Madlet Musings. This is Jamie Joe right here, wearing my normal pink hoodie, and I have with me uh, Gabrielle Meyer, who is joining us today with her second book in the Timeless series. So, the title of this book, and tell us a little bit about it. Title of this book is "In This Moment." I should have grabbed it before we started here. <laughs> um, in this moment, like you said, it's book two in the Timeless series. Book one was When the Day Comes. Um, and the basic premise is uh, for book one is um, Libby is given um, this gift. She's born with it, Her Maggie's mom. So I'm talking about the first book. Mm-hmm. Um, Libby is given a gift where she lives in two different time periods at the same time. Um, when she goes to sleep in one, she wakes up in the other and back and forth. She goes with no time passing. And on her 21st birthday, she has to decide which of those lives to keep and which to forfeit. So in the second book, um, this is Maggie and Maggie's born with the same gift, but she's kind of even more so. She actually has two marks um, of time crossers. And so she has three timelines that she lives in. So she lives in 1861, 1941, and 2001. Um, When she goes to sleep, she wakes up in the other one without any time passing. And again, on her 21st birthday, she has to choose which life to keep and which to forfeit. All of her paths are in Washington, D.C., so it was a lot of fun to explore the same setting, but many decades apart. So yeah. I have her attending different functions, like at the White House. Um, and so when she goes there in, in 1861, she literally just walks in. You know, there's guards at the door, but they really, they never, they didn't even ask anybody. Literally at any point, there could be hundreds of people in the White House. Um, and the Lincoln's boys would be running around and, you know, oh, up on the man. roof and in the yard. and. Um, so then in 1941, she enters the East entrance, um, to the white house and there's a little bit more, um, guards and security. Mm -hmm. Then by 2001, when she enters, it's definitely heightened security. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, just little things like that. It was fun to explore. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Makes me wonder, like, is it, you know, was it like ignorance where they just assumed nobody was going to be violent or has like man digressed that much where we've just gotten so dangerous we have to heighten security right yeah well and part of it is lincoln didn't want the security he wanted it to be um he wanted it to be open for he believed that it was the people's house and that they could be there if they wanted so like even when he came into washington dc um from from the time that he was elected it was pure chaos i mean that um there was already talk of secession and everything Mm -hmm. in the south so um they hired Alan Pinkerton to mm-hmm. to unearth this this plot against Lincoln, and so basically they they snuck him into Washington D.C. incognito. Uh, Pinkerton did, and Lincoln was upset about that for the rest of his presidency. He said, "I should have entered the the state or the nation's capital." confidently instead of mm. being hidden. So anyway, um, Alan Pinkerton then um, was put in charge of kind of the first secret service, mm-hmm. um, which then came out of that. But yeah, so just, yeah, 
Interesting. I love history. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. Well, so it's just as about it. And that's the great way to, to dabble mm-hmm. in it is to be able to have somebody just go to different time yeah. periods. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, it was a lot of fun to do all the, the research for all three time periods. Yeah, I bet. And so the, the 1940s, that's during World War II then, correct? So you have Civil War, World War mm-hmm. II, and then 2001, which all kinds of things were happening then. So. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people have thought, you know, that this book is then all about war and it's not because mm-hmm. um, when it starts in April of each year, we, it's right at the beginning of um, the Civil War. Yep. But World War II, our entrance into World War II didn't happen until December. Right. And then um, September 11th doesn't happen until September. So, you know, there's talk of war and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not, that's not really the focus. It's okay. just... It's just the time periods that they got just the time dropped periods. in. Yeah. 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 Time periods. So yeah. That's awesome. I, I love was, it. Yeah. I always thought it was interesting. A lot of people have asked why I chose those three time periods. Um, and it's because I was always fascinated that the American Civil War and World War II had such similar years. So mm-hmm. um, 1861 to 1865, 1941 to 1945. And then I remember on September 11th, um, the day it happened, I, I was like, it's 2001. Like, is that significant? Are we entering uh, another major war- world war or whatever? Right. So it was, yeah, that was intentional. Yeah, so, that's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so tell us a little bit about Maggie, because I'm going to guess that in these time periods, there's romantic interests and all kinds of trials of the yes. heart that go on. Yes. So um, Maggie is a healer. She's a doctor. So or sh- I should say in 2001, she is a fourth year medical student. Okay. Um, and she's only 20 when the book starts, but really she's lived three lives. So she's lived for 60 years by mm-hmm. this point, really. Um, and then in 1941, she is a Navy nurse and um, she would have become a doctor, but she has a sister who wanted to be a nurse and her sister has recently lost um, her fiance. And mm-hmm. so this was kind of Maggie's way of like being with her sister to help her through this. And then um, in 1861, her, her father is a widow. She is his social, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hostess. Mm -hmm. And um, he is a senator. He's best friends with Abraham Lincoln. And she wants to be a doctor or a nurse there as well. But she knows that she has to kind of navigate that with him and his Mm -hmm. expectations. And so she's planning on helping. She eventually kind of stalks Clara Barton a little bit because (laughs) she knows that Clara Barton is going to be very instrumental in um, setting up hospitals around Washington, D.C. So she even has that thought. She's like, I feel like a time crossing stalker. (laughs) She's trying to find her. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, so she is a, she's a doctor, she's a healer and um, she does not want to complicate her decision. She loves all three of her lives equally. None of them are, um, it's not obvious to her which one she should choose when she's 21. So Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to complicate it by romance, but of course in walks a gentleman in each timeline Mm -hmm. that um, kind of sweeps her off her feet. And so very, very different. Um, In 1861, he is a British gentleman who um, has entered the white house or entered the war department and um, she doesn't know who he is. And she kind of knows everybody around the Lincolns. And so she's very, cautious of him because mm-hmm. there's a lot of spies in Washington DC right. at that time and then on uh, 1941 it's a doctor he is a navy doctor who does not like her from the beginning because he thinks that she um she doesn't play by the rules and he's a rule follower so they're constantly butting heads um and she wants to impress him and prove herself because he's super brilliant and she knows that she, she has all this 
forward knowledge of medicine uh-huh. that she can't use in 1941. She can't change. So it's this constant fighting with him to yeah. you know, prove that she knows her stuff. And then in 2001, she's very young as a uh, doctor in training. And um, her mother sets her up with a very young congressman who has just come to Washington, D.C. So each each gentleman is completely different and challenges yeah. her in different ways. Yeah. They're a lot and, of fun. And they so the loaded of, question is out of hand a few yeah. times. Right, right, right. So the loaded question is which one does she end up with? But I'm guessing we're not going to spoil that here today. No. Nope. <laughs> nope. All right. I'm going to just put my dibs in right now. I haven't read it, so I don't know, but I'm going to say the Navy doctor. That's who I'm going to opt for. But that's probably because how well that's probably how who I would have chosen. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I have a friend who read the book and without spoiling it, she uh, wrote to me privately and she's uh-huh. like, well, she didn't choose the one that I would have chosen, but <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Would you like me to rewrite the ending for you? I could do that quick. You know, that would be cool. You could do that for like a, an extra bonus for readers. You could have a choose your own hero ending. Yeah. Well, you know, and I knew that this was going to be the, um, the issue writing a book like this because I needed to make these heroes equally fabulous in their own way and so I knew that that would be the challenge is try to convince the reader that she has chosen the right one and most of them have been very happy with it so that's good (laughs) well that's good that's good that's always good when you you've you win over the predominance of your readership right (laughs) oh that's fun okay so Maggie is doing this crossing of time thing, how does she handle, um, I mean, that's gotta be a lot of like mental and emotional stress too. So tell me a little bit about how you handle that in the book and her faith walk and her journey and all of that. Yeah. So one of the themes, um, for this book is the idea that, um, you know, we're often given a lot of great choices and if we don't know what God is asking us to do, you know, like, should I do this? Should I do this? And there's really no right or wrong answer. You just have to take a step of faith. And um, that's really what this book explores is the fact that Maggie just has to take these these steps or leaps of faith at different times. And um, one of the things that I, I realized when I was younger is that when I would make a decision based out of fear, that was usually when I was, it went wrong like yeah I didn't I didn't do that thing because I was afraid or I didn't go to that place because I was afraid I didn't take that job because I was afraid but when we make these decisions based out of faith that's often when we find that we're in the right place um and so that's kind of what Maggie comes to realize as well and so um as far as the trauma she experiences so I actually had a reader just this morning who messaged me about this. And she said, um, she said, you know, reading this, I just kept thinking that this character would just have so much PTSD, like if mm. they live through all of these hard, difficult times. And so my answer to that is, yes, I mean, obviously, um, we all struggle with the trauma, the events that we go through. But in a book like this, you have to suspend belief for a few things, you know, the yeah. fact that she time travels. And so that's kind of one of those things that you have to kind of suspend belief. I I feel like she deals obviously emotionally with each of these things in her life. But I would like to believe that if this was a gift that she was given, that she was also given um, the gift of being able to mentally and emotionally stand up under some of it. So mm-hmm. So that's kind of the answer I gave to the reader is, you know, she has a supernatural ability to like, not push it aside, but to be it's able to travel. So. So. <laughs> yeah. Everything that goes <laughs> with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah. I suppose, I suppose too, as a character, 
you know, she's coming from a line of women that have done this too. So it's not like a new concept yes. to her, I'm assuming. Right, exactly. And she does rely a lot on um, her mother's advice and her mother's experiences. Um, she even has a conversation with a friend of hers about it who um, knows that she's a time crosser. And she says, you know, my mom talked about how hard it was to give up this one life and how she mourned for a long time. But mm. as she eventually settled into the life that she is now leading, it's, you know, it eased and indulged over time. So yeah. she, she knows yeah. that it will, it'll be hard, but that she'll get through it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. Okay, so loaded question. Let's assume that you were born with the ability to time travel. What yeah. eras what eras would you personally want to be flipping back and forth between? Oh, so a lot of people ask me which one I would want to stay in, but not flip back and forth between. Um, so I love the Gilded Age. I just love that whole time period after the American Civil War, before World War One. It just mm -hmm. seems like this golden era. If you were born in the right family, I guess. But that could be any time period, you know. You look right. back at all the time periods and none of them are without their trouble. Um, so I would say probably the Gilded Age. I really love that there was electricity and automobiles and all that fun stuff, but it still seems kind of magical in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other one, hmm. I don't know what the other one would be. I'd have to think about that. You know, I don't mind the time that we're living in now. I wish I had yeah some perspective on it you know what I mean right, like right you look, you're because like I can look back at time and I have perspective I have mm -hmm. okay well that's how that ended or that's how that you know came through I think mm -hmm. that that's where our faith is born is that we don't have that perspective of the right. time we're living in now so mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's a good point you know having that faith to keep launching forward without having been forward and come back to know Here's how it all ends up. Here's how, here's what's going to happen. So make right. your decisions based on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So does Maggie go through um, any type of faith crisis or faith journey that's really unique to her story that readers can find out about? Well, I, I think it goes back to that um, taking a step of faith, mm -hmm. you know, and um, one of the things that she struggles with the most is that she can see the work of God in her life around her, but she doesn't really see it with it. Well, how do I put that? I mean, she sees it within her as well, but she feels very alone right mm -hmm. now in this particular snapshot of her life um, because she has her, her time crossing family who has just kept saying, just trust God. It'll work out. It'll be fine. And, um, you know, how many times have our parents said that to us? Just, just trust God. It'll be right. fine. And when you're in the midst of it, you're like, it doesn't feel fine. This is, you know, traumatic. Um, exactly. and so she keeps, she keeps going back to that. She keeps going back to like, God, why were you so, so evident in their life? Why mm -hmm. were you so prominent and where are you right now? And why do I feel so alone? And, mm -hmm. and so I think that's, that's her, you know, she's in these three times she's 
she's surrounded by all of these amazing people and um she just feels very lonely sometimes so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so what inspires you when you're writing these stories um personally as you're as you're writing it do you find that you're daily life starts to mirror or parallel certain elements that are going on in the book or, or where do you go with your own journey through this? Yeah. So it's kind of been interesting because, um, in this moment is my 33rd published book. And, um, just, just because the other books that I've published, um, before when the day comes in this one, um, they were just a little bit different, a little bit different feel. I didn't have as much, um, leniency or or the as much license to kind of explore some of these deeper issues just because of you know the kind of books that they were so it's been really interesting to write these stories that have deeper emotional Mm -hmm. angst in them and yeah for sure like the first book um I was finishing it up and I had found a tumor in my Mm. mouth at the back of my mouth and um, did not know for several weeks whether it was cancerous or not. And they're like 50% of the time they're cancerous. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, going through that, like, you know, God, all of the things that I believe and all of the things that I write about being put to the test. Do I trust you even if this doesn't turn out how I want it to? Um, and in this moment, um, it was kind of a... I don't even know how to put it. It was kind of a just this very glowing experience to write this book. <laughs> it was so much fun. There wasn't really a lot going on in my personal life that was causing crisis or anything like that, which was really great. And and maybe that was God's gift to me because there mm-hmm. are three timelines and there's so much going on. Writing book three, though, which comes up next year, mm-hmm. that was the hardest book I've ever written in my entire life. Mm-hmm. And it was partially because... Um, we, my husband had a surgery, he had his mm-hmm. hip replaced. My son, um, ended up having a, a heart surgery. Wow. Um, wow. we, we were audited, which was just complete out of the blue. Um, it all turned out fine and nothing was, you know, we weren't flagged for any reason. It was just the computer saying, Hey, let's just audit these people. Literally while all of that's going on, I was writing, I was on deadline and, um, I have never felt so overwhelmed with mm. just life in general. And then the story too was dealing with one timeline is set during the, um, the uh, Salem witch trials in 1692, mm. which is, holy cow, there is just so yeah. much, so much there. And just a lot of, of spiritual heaviness mm-hmm. um, in that time period. And so, so it was, it was a struggle, like, and then yeah. also too, yeah. you know, once you, you put your books out there and then you start getting reviews on them and then, you know, you're like, oh, this is such a beautiful book. And then all of a sudden these people are saying these things and you're like, well, you know, I didn't intend that, or I didn't mean that. Or, you know, like some people just take, you know, like, right. for instance, if they didn't know it was a Christian novel and they will mm-hmm. just bash it because it was a Christian novel, you know? Right. Um, and, and it does feel personal because, you know, you pour your heart and soul, you pour your faith into it. And then when, when it gets attacked and that's just the nature of, of what we do. Right. Um, so, so I had those reviews in the back of my head while I was writing book three. Mm-hmm. So I finished book two before book one came out. So I've got all of that going on. It was just like a mess. And then, but 
through it all, uh, what I learned is that sometimes we have to go through those things and we don't know why we don't know why all these hard things are happening. And what it, what it comes down to is that we have to learn that God is good regardless. Mm -hmm. And, um, to trust that, that he has walked us through these situations for our good, his glory. Um, and my characters definitely learned that lesson. I didn't even, yeah. So I'm like sitting there, like one, one, one character's talking to another and I'm like, Oh, he's talking to me. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it was just, it was just a season. It was, you know, I just, and thankfully like all of those things, my son's heart is great. My husband's hip is great. The audit went really well, actually, we were very impressed. And you know, that book is written and now I get to edit it and hopefully be in a little bit better mental <laughs> space when I do this time. But um, I'm really excited about it. I think yeah. it's a great story and yeah. I'm excited to share it. Yeah. I think it's always interesting when you're writing a book and then I don't want to say outside forces, cause that sounds really spiritual and I don't mean it that way, but just yeah. outside yeah. things, pressures come in and you're still being ask to be creative and suddenly those creative mm-hmm. juices can just sometimes dry up and you're like, I've got nothing left to yep. give. Yeah. Nothing left. That's exactly how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then your characters start preaching at you and you're like, really? yeah, right. really? <laughs> you're not even real. Where is this right? coming from? You're part of my problem. <laughs> Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Well, this is great. And so readers can get both books right now, When the Day Comes, which is book number one, and In This Moment, which is book number two. And it, I mean, I realized one is the daughter of the mother. Well, obviously, yes. if you're a daughter, you have a mother. Um, <laughs> but could, could you read them out of order as well? Um, I would not recommend it just okay. because um, with book one, there are a lot of twists and turns. And then there's um, like a big reveal at the end. And book two kind of starts off explaining what happened in book one right. to kind of lay the groundwork for book two. So, I mean, okay. you could, book two does not rely on book one. Um, the plot doesn't. But if you don't want to spoil, you know, any yeah. surprises in book one, then I would <laughs> recommend reading that first. Great, great. Well, if readers, if you're listening and you want to pick up these books, you can do that at bakerbookhouse.com. And as you heard from the ad in the middle of this broadcast, there's a special code that will get you 40% off one of them. So you can do that. And um, is there a place that readers should go to sign up for your newsletter and find out more about you? Yeah. Yes, um, you can go to gabrielmeyer.com and I have all of my books there and I have um, my newsletter and all my social media. I love, I love Facebook and Instagram. Like Instagram is especially becoming one of my favorite places. There's so many yeah. bookstagrammers there doing a lot of fun stuff. So I I try to answer every message that I get, no matter how you contact me. So feel free. Super fun. Well, thanks so much for being with us and we'll look forward to having you back for book three to round up the series. Thank you for listening to Mad Lit Musings. You can find out more information about Mad Lit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.